Hey Kylie. Hi Sally. Welcome back to Pocket Money. We recorded today's episode on investing basics last month or a few weeks ago now, but my God, a whole lot has changed since then. So can you give me a bit of a lay of the land of what's happening right now in the stock market? So much has changed and so much changed so quickly. Just to put it into perspective, we're about a month on from when the market started going downhill. As we all know, the coronavirus hit and that was quite scary. But it took about two weeks for the markets to catch up to that. But once it did catch up to it, it was a downhill journey from there and a very steep, very steep fall for stock markets in Australia and the US, everywhere, global stock markets. So it's yeah, crazy wow. times and, and even the most you know advanced or experienced traders uh, definitely moved by all of this. Like it's, it is as crazy as it looks. <laughs> so today's episode exactly. is all about investing basics, but we will be doing a part two. So we will have you back on the show, Kylie, to talk a lot more about the stock market crash and everything that's happening now and go through some of the tips for anybody who already has investments or, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that like now's the time to swoop in and, and buy cheap stocks or something. So looking yeah that. yeah it's really interesting actually we're seeing a massive spike in interest to um find it to the how to buy shares pages oh, um, really? during this time yeah it's a really interesting development because you know during a stock market crash you'd almost think that people would be nervous about investing in stocks but we've seen actually the opposite people are wanting to jump in and learn how to buy stocks which is actually very smart <laughs> because you know a stock market crash is a scary thing but it's also a once in a decade, possibly even once in a lifetime opportunity to buy shares at a really low price. Wow. Well, I'm excited to chat more about that in part two of this episode, but hopefully that means that a lot of the basics on how to get started investing, how to buy you know, stocks and get involved in ETFs and everything that we cover in today's episode will still be really helpful, especially for some of those people who are interested in, in jumping in now. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's still totally relevant. Um, you still need to consider your risks, but the same rules that we talked about in the episode apply. So a great little starter for anyone who's interested in dabbling. Nice. Well, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Pocket Money, Kylie. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me, Sally. It's great to be here. So us kids, us millennials, have been dubbed the smashed avocado, propertyless generation. But I heard that millennials are actually the keenest investors. Yeah, I mean, we've been getting a pretty bad rap in recent years in the media with the whole avocado on toast uh, trope, as you say. But yeah, according to the research from Finder, 50% of Gen Y Aussies actually had plans to invest by late 2019. So that's more than any other generation out there. So yeah, looks like we're actually a little more savvy with our money than people try to make out. <laughs> yes, take that, boomers. This is the trend, but there are a lot of young people who you know may not have got into investing yet. So what are we actually investing in? The three main investment choices for millennials are shares, property and superannuation. You might think, you know, we've all got superannuation, but with salary sacrificing, you can actually add more to superannuation. So it looks like some of us are actually choosing that as their, as their top choice, which is pretty exciting. Nice. 
And I've also seen in the headlines uh, exchange-traded funds or ETFs thrown out uh, quite a bit. Uh, And if you don't know what these are for our listeners, don't worry, we'll be covering that uh, in this episode. But, um, yeah, it looks like millennials make up a pretty big chunk of, of those investments too. Yeah, in fact, according to Finder Research, millennials make up 29% of all exchange-traded fund investors in Australia, which is pretty cool. Yeah, wow. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. It's a bit of a one-on-one how to get started in investing, and we're going to cover everything from stocks and ETFs, uh, which we just spoke about, but also robo-advisors and ethical investing as well. So first, let's start at the basics and what we can invest in. So let's start with stocks. What are they and how do they work? Yeah, so simply put, shares or stocks are pretty much exactly that. They're a share part of ownership of a company and they're sold so that uh, that company can raise funds for expansion and shareholders um, buy or sell these shares through the stock markets. Like in Australia, it's the Australian Securities Exchange or the ASX, or in the States, you know, with Wall Street, there's the New York Stock Exchange. People invest in stocks, mostly so that they can make money. So they can buy and sell these stocks for a, they can buy them for a lower price and sell them for a higher price. And what are some of the more popular stocks that people are investing in right now? Well, some of the most well-known stocks are the ones that you hear in the media all the time and ones that you use often yourself. So um, the ones that probably come to mind first would be the big US tech stocks like um, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, uh, Netflix and Google. And actually those companies have a name. They're called the FANG stocks. Oh, um, yes, I like that. Yeah, that's right. The big US tech stocks of the world. And here in Australia, we've also got some of our um, some companies that are reasonably well known as well. BHP, um, Combank, ANZ, um, there's also Afterpay and Breville. So yeah, household name type stocks tend to be the ones that you hear about most in the media and the ones that are most invested in. And what are the benefits of investing in stocks? If somebody's thinking about it, why should they do it? Yeah, I mean, the biggest benefit of investing in stocks is you can make a lot of money. Sounds (laughs) good to me. I'll get started. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. Invest it all in Breville. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. (laughs) My God, I wish I'd invested in Breville a year ago. That would have been (laughs) a nice little return on investment. But yeah, there are two main ways that you can make money from stocks. Mm -hmm. The first way is kind of the most obvious, and that's by profiting from capital growth, um, which is basically you buy a stock for a certain price, a low price, and then you sell it again for a higher price and you rake home the uh, profits. And I know everyone uses the example of um, Apple. You know, if you'd invested in Apple like uh, 30 years ago, a thousand bucks in Apple, today your shares would be worth around $430,000. Just to use an example of how much money you can make if you pick the right company. Wow, I was going to say, I wasn't born then, Kylie. What do you want me to do? (laughs) I'm so sorry. And then, of course, the Austra- on the, for Australian stocks, um, CSL would be the example that people use. So if you'd invested $10,000 in CSL um, in the 90s, today your stocks would be worth around a million dollars. If you pick a winner before everyone, everyone knows that it's a winner, you can certainly make a lot of money that way. And the other way to make money from investing in stocks is through uh, dividend stocks. What is a dividend? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. may, one may ask. Uh, that is what I'm asking in my head, so please do. <laughs> <laughs> well, some companies uh, 
choose to pay a certain percentage of their profit out to their shareholders twice a year. And these tend to be the big like blue chip companies like Combank or ANZ, some of the big companies that you might not see a lot of capital growth in. So, for example, Westpac might not have grown uh, very much its share price over the last 30 years, but it pays a really high dividend out to shareholders. And so, you know, dividend investors might not even need to buy and sell their shares. They can just own a lot of dividend paying shares and live off those dividends if they have enough of them. And how do you know which one to choose from? Because that's what I'm thinking at this point. Like, how do I know what's the Apple of 2020, you know, that I should be investing in now? And then which way should I go? I'm sure it depends on on your circumstance, but I'd be interested. I mean, it's the million dollar question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what you're like. That's what everybody's asking. Uh, Nobody knows the answer to that. Unfortunately, it's true. It's really hard. I mean, people make a lot of money by trying to analyze these companies. Yeah. And, you know, it's stockbrokers do that um, investment analysts do that and half the time honestly they get it wrong so <laughs> it really is the million dollar question they're the weathermen of the finance world yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just take a while unfortunately guess. yeah <laughs> unfortunately that's true there are a couple of um, key sort of factors you can look at or there's a there's a couple of rules that people tend to say when you're investing in stocks or picking a stock mm-hmm. um, one of them is to invest in a company that you know really well or a company that you use often. So if you use Apple products a lot, you know, it, it might be a good option to invest in Apple because you know its movements, you know when it's yeah. not starting to do well, you know when people are maybe starting to buy other products, it's competition. So that's one way to do it. The other way, if you if you want a safe portfolio of stocks, is just to invest in companies that pay out a high dividend. And that's what a lot of Australians do. So when you hear in the media, you know, um, investors talking about their SMSFs, a lot of older, the boomer generations often have these big SMSFs full of dividend-paying stocks. They probably don't need to buy or sell them very often. They just um, live off the dividends. So you could go, you could go either way. You could bet your money on a company that you think is going to do really well. You know, an up-and-comer, the the future Apple, which everyone <laughs> everyone really wants, and you can make a lot of money from that. Or you can start to invest slowly over time in um, a lot of dividend-paying stocks. So we've spoken a lot about the returns of investing in stocks, but what are some of the costs and the risks that new starters should be aware of? The main costs are really the brokerage fees that you pay, and that will depend on what broker you use. So you can go with either a full service broker like Morgan Stanley or Morgan's. Um, they tend to charge maybe you know 70 or 80 or $100 plus per trade. So every time you buy or sell a stock, that's the brokerage fee that you pay. Or you can sign up online and um, get a, a cheaper deal through an online broker and buy or sell yourself. And that's kind of around $10, um, 10 to $30 a trade instead. So that's the main cost that you'd think about. And then there's ongoing fees as well that brokers charge, um, like an inactivity fee. So if you don't make a trade within a certain period of time, You often have to pay, you know, 30 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year. Um, Oh, my God. That's another one to think about that people often forget about, actually. The risk, of course, of investing in stocks is that you could um, lose all your money if the company goes bankrupt or stock prices suddenly drop significantly then that is a really real risk. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the reason a lot of people choose to invest in these blue chip dividend stocks, which don't fluctuate much with the share price. Yeah, right. A little bit more uh, reliable. Yes, yes. But unlikely to give you a massive boost 
if you back a small time tech stock or something. Oh, it's real catch twenty <laughs> two. Yeah. And I want to jump into ETFs next, uh, which we've spoken about a little bit. So, what are they, and how do they work? Uh, so ETFs or exchange traded funds are investment funds that have been listed on a stock exchange like the Australian Securities Exchange and they're bought and sold like you would buy and sell shares. Mm-hmm. And within each of these funds, there are multiple company stocks. So maybe hundreds or thousands of stocks can wow. be in one single ETF. Yeah. So oh my God. It's pretty cool. Someone had described it the other day as the Spotify of investing. That's so interesting. So rather than say just investing in Apple, you'd be investing in like hundreds or thousands of companies. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So you could invest, say, in Tesla, which we've seen recently. Its stock price has just gone up like crazy. I think it was 64% in a few days. Then, of course, uh, it dropped almost as quickly within a couple of days. So that's that's real massive volatility, investing in one company. Yeah. Whereas if you invested in, you know, hundreds of companies, including Tesla, Apple and all the other tech stocks in there, then your price isn't going to fluctuate as much and you're going to hopefully the aim is to slowly go up in price or yeah. go up in value. So then you're not like putting all of your eggs in one basket as yeah. opposed to if you were just buying a stock in a single company. Yeah, that's exactly right. Right. Yeah. So how can you compare ETFs and what should people think about when they are tossing up which ones they should invest in? Yeah, well, it's really a personal uh, preference and it comes down to your own kind of circumstances a little bit when you're picking the ETF. So you kind of want to ask yourself, you know, how much do I want to invest in the ETF? Can I risk losing any of it? And how long you can afford to have the money locked away for? But generally, there are three kind of big things that you want to think about when you're comparing the ETF or three key factors, and that is risk, like how risky is the ETF, because there are high risk and there are low risk ETFs. Uh, You'll want to think about the fees, Um, like super funds um, and any any other investment funds, there are management fees, and the average for that is around uh, Mm 0.5%. And then you'll also want to think about the performance of the fund as well. So how has it performed over, you know, one month, three months, five years, so over different timeframes, is it a high-performing ETF? And then finally, there's also different themes. So it can come down to, you know, what type of ETF you want to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, like some ETFs, for example, invest only in robotics companies. Maybe you think that the robotics industry is going to do really well. Or some ETFs um, invest only in companies from China, for example. So if you think China is going to be doing really well, you could invest in a China-themed ETF. And there's other ETFs like gold ETFs. There's even silver and bronze ETFs, um, health industry ETFs. And then there's um, diversified ETFs um, that track an entire index of stocks like the ASX 200. It's just the top 200 biggest companies in Australia. And where do people go to get started when they're doing this research? Because there's sounds like there's a lot involved and a lot to consider. 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can go to finder.com.au. Uh, Juicy got, little plug. <laughs> we've got plenty out there on ETFs. Um, and we've even got a list of the best performing ETFs over several time frames, one year, three year, five year, if you want to have a look at that too. And it's really just about doing a bit of research. You know, if you're interested in, for example, ethical funds, just go online and search for you know ethical funds listed on the ASX and look at what kind of companies those might be invested in and how it's performed. It's all about kind of doing a bit of research and picking it based on that. We'll make sure to chuck some of those resources in the show notes. Uh, And just to wrap up, we touched on some of these earlier, but what are the main benefits of investing in ETFs as opposed to stocks? There's a few reasons that people would invest in ETFs as opposed to stocks. First of all, it's cheaper. For example, if you want to invest in you know, a few different stocks like Tesla or Google or Facebook, you know, that's quite a lot of money. You're having to pay a brokerage fee every time you invest in each individual company. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, there's also a minimum investment of $500 per company. So, you know, 500, 500, 500, that does add up to mm-hmm. a lot of money. On the other hand, you can invest in an ETF that um, invests in all of those companies at once. So with that one $500, you could be investing in 100 of those companies. So it's a really cheap way to build a diversified portfolio of stocks. The other reason is they tend to be less volatile than individual stocks. We touched on that before. If you had invested in Tesla right when it reached the peak, you would have lost quite a bit of money when it plunged again. Finally, they're more easily accessible through investment apps these days like Comsec Pocket, robo-advice apps like Raise. Mm -hmm. They're easy to access for young people. Yeah, cool. So I actually wanted to talk some more about that now. Now that we have the lay of the land, we know, you know, what stocks and ETFs are, what some of the benefits, uh, risks and costs are. Now, how do we actually do it? How do we invest in stocks or ETFs? It is more simple than people probably think. First of all, you need a stockbroker. Through that, you can either go to a full service broker like Morgan Stanley and they charge a pretty high fee for that. Or you can sign up online through an online share trading app or platform and you can go to finder.com.au to have a look at some of those ones. And you'd have to then, you know, transfer your money over into the account, search for the stock or the ETF and buy it. It's pretty simple. If you're not too keen on picking and choosing your own stocks or ETFs, you can also go the way of a robo-advice uh, platform or app, and they'll actually pick the stocks or ETFs for you based on you know the risk profile that you've given them or information that you've given them about your investment goals. So you'd basically tell them, you know, I want to make X amount of money within an X time frame, and um, I'm risk averse, I don't want to take too many risks, and they'll um, put your money into a fund of either stocks or ETFs usually, usually ETFs um, for the most part, based on that yeah, information. And then they manage those stocks for you. It's kind of just like happening in the background. Yeah, that's right. They're kind of the new investment advisor. So in the past, you might have hired a, an investment advisor to do that for you. Mm-hmm. This is the much cheaper option. So there's not someone who's sitting there and calling you up and um, asking you if you want to invest in this. Um, it's not exactly a robot. 
but <laughs> <laughs> it's an automated service, so it's a lot cheaper. And you mentioned earlier that there is a $500 minimum for people investing in shares or ETFs here in Australia. But what if I don't have that much money to start? If I'm using a robo-advisor, can I do less or what's the deal there? Yeah, so that's the great part about many of these robo-advice platforms. Uh, You don't need to invest $500 at a time every time. That's not the case for all of them, but there are some of them out there, such as um, Raise is probably the first one that comes to mind that a lot of people think of. We literally invest $5 at a time into a fund for you. So you don't need to save up that huge lump sum of money to start investing in stocks. You can start investing in the stock market from, you know, as little as a, little as a few dollars at a time or, you know, $100 or $50 as you like. So you mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about ETF themes, and it's also something that we covered uh, quite a bit in an earlier episode about going green with your money. But I've noticed that ethical investing seems to be a really popular option, especially among young people in Australia right now. So can you talk me through a little bit about that trend? Yeah, ethical investing is definitely taking off um, and it's definitely uh, being driven by young people. Ethical investing is about backing companies that are either or investing in companies that are either doing something positive for the environment, um, is often the case, or for society as a whole, or you're avoiding investing in companies that you think are, are not good for the environment or for society, that are doing bad things. And the most obvious one is, is you know, um, mining companies or companies that are producing a lot of greenhouse gases. Yeah. Yeah, it's about investing in companies that align with your personal ethical values. Yeah, I'd read that after the bushfires interest in these ethical investment options, especially when people were looking at their super, we're just getting more and more attention. So I think you're right. Like this is the trend. So may as well jump on board now and make some money, but also, you know, you're doing the right thing with your money. Yeah, that's right. And it's great to see in the last um, couple of years, ethical ETFs have actually done really, really well. Like I think it was in Last year, um, the beta shares Ethi Ethical ETF returned about 33% last year, which was one of the highest performing ETFs. So, yeah. Cool. No longer the underdogs. Mm. <laughs> so, for all of these things that we've spoken about today, so ETFs, stocks, if you're going through a robo-advisor, whatever it may be, what are the costs and the risks that people should know about um, before they get started? The cost of investing is kind of the same across all three areas. You will always have to pay some kind of a brokerage fee when you buy stocks and ETFs. Um, When you invest in a robo-advisor, sometimes you have to pay a small brokerage fee. Other times you just have to pay an account fee and zero brokerage fees. But there is always a cost to buying and selling or investing in the stock market. The risk, of course, is that, you know, your money could actually go down. You know, if you're investing in an individual stock, there's a there's a really good chance you could lose that money. On the other hand, if you're investing in an ETF, yeah, you could still lose your money. Uh, you know, if the if the stock market crashed, you know, if if you bought an ETF just prior to the 2008 GFC, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you could lose half your wealth if we saw something like that again. So that is a real risk. Uh, but it's just less of a risk, I guess, than investing in an in individual stock. Mm. And when you're investing in robo advisors, it's usually even safer. So there are still the same risks. Yes, your money could go backwards over a certain period of time, but uh, because it's being managed by professionals, 
um, who have picked these safe ETFs often or these safe stocks in one fund, uh, the likelihood of that is less. But the, the, the risks and costs are all quite similar. It just um, it varies from, from product to product. Yeah, and I suppose as well if you're investing less uh, through a robo-advisor, then, you know, of course the, the gains are likely to be less, but then the risk is also smaller too. So it's just yeah. a, a good place to start out if you are, you know, thinking about jumping in. Yeah, that's right. Risk and reward are always, yeah, they always go hand in hand. So the riskier the investment tends to be, the more likely you're going to get a higher return on your money. And on the other side of it, if you're investing in a really safe robo-advice fund, yeah, you're probably not going to see your money go crazy or skyrocket anytime soon, but you're also less likely to lose your money. And I know this episode, of course, is for people who want to get started in investing. We've spoken a little bit about this in uh, previous episodes, but I guess we're kind of all investing in our superannuation, right? So it's not like anybody is like really jumping in with no investing history. Yeah, that's right. Even if you don't want to be investing in stocks, you're probably investing in stocks and you may not even realise that superannuation funds are full of stocks. Um, and some of them are now full of ETFs as well. Um, other things like bonds and property too. But yeah, that's right. Superannuation is, is a great example of um, how we're investing our money. And if you had a final piece of advice for our listeners out there who are thinking of getting into investing, what would that be? I think it would just be to look at where you're saving your money at the moment. Like, where are you putting your savings? Is it sitting in a transaction account, which is returning you 0%? Uh, you might want to think about putting it into a, you know, either a high interest savings account or looking at other investment options because you know putting your money into a term deposit or a high interest savings account actually is a form of investing. It's just a very low level form of investing. You're not getting much of a return. And then if you've got some money outside of that that you can maybe afford to be a little bit riskier with consider putting that into an ETF. You know, last year ETFs on average, the high risk, the low risk, all ETFs returned around um, 21% on average. There's money to be made and there's also money to be lost if you're not investing your money in a fund that's returning, you know, anything above 1% or 2% really. Yeah, wow, that's really good perspective to have because it's kind of like you're just thinking that your money is sitting in there, it's safe, it's not going anywhere, but like you said, you're potentially losing out on, on quite a bit. So Yeah, that's right. It's like putting your money under your bed or something. Yeah. <laughs> Digging a hole in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for our listeners who want to get started and learn more, where should they go? Yeah, well, you can head over to um, finder.com.au. Uh, we have a homepage that's forward slash investments and you can look at you know a, a wide range of investment options and, and, and do a bit of research yourself. Um, I write about this stuff all the time. So jump online and, and check out some of my stuff. Nice. Um, and if you want to sort of do a bit more research outside of that, you know, watch the news, watch what stocks are doing in the market and go to the Money Smart website, um, Asics Money Smart website. There's a lot of good information there. Yeah, just start looking around and start taking notice. We'll make sure to pop uh, some of those resources in the show notes. Um, and like Kylie said, she's covering this stuff all day long. So whether you're a beginner or an expert, there will be some resources for you. So check those out. Thanks so much again for joining me, Kylie. You're welcome. It was great to chat. And luckily, this is not goodbye. So we'll have Kylie back on the show for part two, where we're going to be talking about the stock market crash, 
Uh, and Kylie's going to give us yeah a bit of a lay of the land and also some tips on, yeah, if you're thinking of swooping in now, some of the benefits and also some of the risks to be aware of, right? Exactly right. Yeah. There's a lot of things you could be looking out for if you are looking to invest. Some of you might be worried about what your ETFs are doing right now or what your stocks are doing and whether you should sell. So we'll go into that as well um, and look at what kind of options you might have um, during this unprecedented volatility. And I think as well, we were chatting about this earlier, but we also have a part three in the works where we'll be talking about alternative investing, uh, including things like gold, cannabis, handbags, and a lot of the other, yeah, I guess alternative investments that were making the headlines before all of this happened. So we're going to bring the limelight back on those things, which I think will be a really fun episode as well. So excited for that. Yeah, exactly right. It'll be really interesting to watch what alternative investments are doing during this time because there's a lot of very unusual and interesting things happening in in the markets at the moment. Perfect. Well, thanks so much again, Kylie. And until next time, stay safe. Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening.